You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph and I have a guest here with me today. So I am going to go ahead and turn it over to her so she can introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online. Hi, thank you, Seth. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Marissa Lawton, and I am the steward of a movement called Rooted Feminine, where my work in the world is to help women remember their magic, reconnect with ancient and earthen rhythms, and just really embody the sacred every day. Um, Super easy to find me online, just rootedfeminine.com, or if you like Instagram, um, at rootedfeminine with an underscore. And then I also have a podcast of the same name, the Rooted Feminine Podcast. So super easy. And as always, listeners, everything will be linked over in the show notes at whichwednesdays.com so you can find that easily. So before we get into everything about rooted and, you know, feminine energy, Mm -hmm. I would love to ask where you got started. What has your journey been like to get to the point where you want to share all this information you learned with other people? Yeah. How far back do we want to (laughs) go? As far as you think you need to So, okay. Going way back, but I do think it's important to mention. So, um, I'm the youngest of three girls. My, um, father had two sisters and my mother is the oldest of four girls. So lots of women in my family, but very, very little connection to the feminine. Um, and I do think that's important to mention. So my parents got divorced when I was five. And even though like my dad was in my life, I I was fortunate, like visitation every other weekend and all of that stuff. So very much had a father figure. It really spurred me into a masculine journey. And I would say I was in my masculine energy predominantly um, until really my mid twenties, even late twenties. Um, so much so that like I lost my period. I actually had to do fertility treatment to get pregnant with my first daughter. Um, and it really had ramifications, not only on me emotionally, mentally, spiritually, of course. Um, but it, it was kind of an awakening. It was a, the beginning of one of my awakenings because I've had many, right? Um, but really starting to see the difference between what it's like to live on a masculine path and what it's like to um, embody the feminine. And then also what I'm working on now, you know, several years later is that it's about both, right? We're not meant to only have one energy. We're meant to really learn how to um, integrate both. That's very interesting um, story there to have that many, you know, sisters and your life and still have that masculine energy influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's uncommon. Most people that I work with, you know, our society obviously is geared to not only support, but reward masculine energy. So we learn to play that game. Um, we learn to play by those rules and it, some of us realize that it just doesn't serve, uh, which is the case for me for sure. Oh, absolutely. So if somebody were coming to you for the first time and they wanted to check out you know, rooted and your podcast and everything, what is it that they could expect if they're like complete beginner to this? Oh yeah. And that's, that's who I really love to serve is the beginner. So somebody who finds me has been her hearing the words, um, divine feminine, 
sacred feminine, but also feminine energy and femininity, which are different, but they've been seeing those things maybe thrown around on Instagram. And they're like, I, I, I want to learn more about this. One of the doors that a lot of people uh, of my people find is like the idea of flow, feminine flow. Um, and if they're business owners or just in their regular life and they realize I don't have a lot of flow, I have a lot of like tight gripping control or anxiety. Um, and so they've really gravitated toward this idea of like peace and ease, but they don't understand that it's an energetic shift. Um, and so that's what I help people realize is, okay, what is masculine? What is feminine? And also what is toxic masculine and toxic feminine? Um, because all energies um, in their in their purest form are good, right? But we can see that there's an immature form of the energy, there's a toxic form of the energy, et cetera. So I really help people tease that out and understand it. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a Gemini sun, so my doorway is always going to be through the mind, but we quickly get into the body, which is where the feminine wisdom lives and the feminine magic lives. That is really interesting. I think you probably have a good perspective on that being a Gemini son, because I have to say, um, I am a Scorpio son and my cousin is a Gemini son and we butt heads <laughs> like nobody's business, but then I still love her, but yeah. she definitely has that like dual sided like Gemini yeah. energy. Uh, so I bet you have a very unique perspective on that. Yeah. It's like, I, I used to struggle with it and it used to be like a, um, a, like a war or a battle inside me, but I've really come to realize that I can like use the logistical side. I can take these, um, ethereal concepts that I'm sure we'll dive into today that sometimes feel really nebulous to people and are hard to understand. And that, that is a superpower of my Gemini son is making it understandable, but then utilizing that other side to quickly get us into the body, not only stay up here in the cerebral place, but then get us into that body. Love that. Yeah. So do you have any tips for like just starting out some sort of practices that mm -hmm. people can do to figure out this path and what is, you know, the difference between the sort of ideal feminine masculine energy and the toxic version? Yeah. Okay. So, so many good questions. Um, first <laughs> let me like, I, let me define a few things. Cause I think that will help. So People in the online space, if you're looking for guidance on this, you're going to find coaches that talk about just feminine and just masculine. And you have to be, in my opinion, you have to be really careful because sometimes they're talking about femininity and, and they're using femininity as, you know, what they're calling feminine. Um, so femininity is a construct of the patriarchy that tells us that to be feminine, you need to wear the makeup, curl your hair, wear the dresses and all of those things. And while those can absolutely be tools to bring on certain feminine energies, especially like, um, if you want to bring on your maiden, you might wear like a, a sundress that twirls with you. Or if you want to bring on seductress, right, you might wear something sexy, the, those can absolutely be tools to your feminine or to accessing your feminine, but just simply looking pretty is not actually being in your feminine energy. And in some cases it's actually furthering the patriarchy. It's all actually keeping women in a certain place in a certain stereotype. Um, so we just want to make sure that they're not only teaching, oh, be in your feminine to attract a masculine man, or you have to look this way or, or dress this way or whatever, um, because it's so much more than that. 
as I kind of talked about, there's also feminine energy, which is getting in the energetics of this. Like I mentioned, we can bring on different archetypes. Maiden is going to be really effervescent and fun and joyful. Um, whereas, you know, mother is going to be really nurturing and caring and all of that stuff. So we can absolutely be in an energetic state that is more feminine. And then divine feminine or sacred feminine is bringing in like the goddess or bringing in some sort of practice or some sort of worship, right? Um, so you asked, what are some good practices? Um, one of my favorites is just identifying the feminine wisdom centers that live in the body. So um, masculine energy is going to be predominantly like neck up, right? So when we're trying to work on higher consciousness and we're opening maybe the crown chakra or, um, those places, that's absolutely like masculine focused feminine focus is really going to be body down. And so one wisdom center is that, that has a feminine energy is the heart. Um, and so that's where maybe your mother energy kind of would live, right? Um, so I often just like to say, you know, a simple mantra with the heart of a mother. So if I'm trying to make a decision or if I'm trying to, um, you know, navigate a certain, um, time in my life, I might be like with the heart of a mother, I decide X, Y, Z, or with the heart of a mother, I go into situation X, Y, Z. So that really is going to bring on that nurturing, that unconditional love that lives here in the body. Um, with your solar plexus chakra, you can do the same thing, but you can say, you know, with the power of a queen, um, cause our self responsibility and our self power comes from that wisdom center. So kind of in invoking or embodying queen, right. With the power of a queen, I make this decision with the power of a queen. I go into this family gathering or whatever. Um, one that I love also is, um, dropping into the womb space with the womb of a witch, with the womb of the witch, I alchemize or with the womb of a witch, I decide or whatever. Um, and then the final one, the root chakra, the roots of a crone. So with the roots of a crone, I call on, you know, crone wisdom or something like that. And the, that again is going to drop you into the body. It's going to help you bring on different energetic sources, um, different energetic flavors between, you know, mother, queen, witch, crone, all of those are going to be, um, a different, flavor for you. Um, and then again, because you're bringing practice to it or ritual to it or goddess or energy or archetypal energy, it's becoming sacred. It's becoming spiritual for you. Those are all really beautiful examples and ideas of things to do. Uh, I love all of those because I think yeah. I find chakra work to be, uh, in incredibly enlightening. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so I love all of those examples. And yeah. something else I wanted to ask you that I know that you excel in, um, would be morning routine. Mm -hmm. I, I know this is like one of your specialties and I know my listeners love a good routine or ideas to get into. So what can you offer on that front of some things to do or things that you do daily, weekly, mm -hmm. if you can't monthly yeah. through some of your routines? Yeah. Well, so the practice that I just shared with those mantras, that's often something that I do on those quick mornings. Like if I have five, 10 minutes, I'll just, again, like bring in on each of those, um, wisdom centers quickly tap into the heart, tap into the gut, tap into the womb, tap into the root. Um, and that like with just a mantra practice, especially as you get better at, um, 
identifying those body centers, you can bring them on with just a simple mantra, like with the heart of a mother and you can bring that heart on. So if you um, don't have a lot of time, that practice I just shared is really great. Um, but if you do have, you know, 30 minutes, an hour or something, we, you can do a bit longer of a practice. Typically the first thing that we do, um, when we wake up is like, we reach for our phone or we start looking through our emails, or we think about what we have to do that day, which is a very masculine energy. It's very penetrative. So if you're wanting to have more of a feminine energy morning routine, which will not only the routine will be have that energy, but it can help you carry the energy throughout the rest of your day, um, is we would want to save that for last. We'd want to save any planning, any preparation, any, um, conscious, what needs to be done, productivity, accomplishment type, um, things we would want to save that for last. The first thing that I would recommend when you're starting a morning routine on more of a feminine side or a feminine path is to activate the body. So, um, just like first thing when you, when you wake up standing up and even just doing some hip circles, again, if you've been following this online, you're going to see the, the coaches and the practitioners who are making this really sexy. Um, and that, if that feels right for you, you can totally do that. Of course, seductress and womb are very feminine. Um, but it doesn't have to be like, if you, if that's not feeling it, for you right now, or if you don't, aren't on that sexy side of things, simply like just literally like Jane Fonda type style of circling your hips or whatever, <laughs> just, just like bringing in, um, some movement to the lower parts of our body. Um, that often is a place where very, very stiff and it's going to open up those energetic channels for this to flow. Um, and again, flow is one of the key things for feminine energy. So starting with some body movement, um, and then one, what else we have that's very feminine in nature is intuition. So bringing on some intuitive practices, uh, like a daily card pull, um, a daily stream of conscious journal, where you're just allowing that intuitive voice to come in. Um, those can be great. Also what you want to do on the feminine side is we don't ignore the shadow. So doing some shadow work. Again, that doesn't have to be every day if that feels too much, but uh, like you said, a monthly practice or something where you do at least one day where you're, you're doing some shadow. So that could be, um, inner child stuff that could be mother wound stuff, witch wound stuff, sister wound stuff, anything where you're actually going into the depths. Cause like I said, the masculine is about the heights, about the higher conscious, but the feminine is about the depths, uh, and the consciousness that comes from the womb and the earth. So making sure that we don't ignore some of the shadowy stuff. I'd like to go back to that idea of intuition yeah. Because we sort of live in this world where more logical and rational thinkers are prized rather than listening exactly. to your intuition. I think a lot of people get stuck there. So do you have any ideas or tips for people to sort of get back into that feminine energy and trusting their intuition? I know a lot of beginners are like, oh, my gut tells me this, but I don't like to listen to it. I don't think it's right. How can yeah. they get back to that place where they trust themselves? I mean, we can get super duper woo with it um, because we love woo here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So, okay. So the first thing you want to do is open up your five senses. We can't access the sixth sense until our five senses are online. And that's why it's so important to do body work, right? The feminine path is about the body work. So 
you know, when you're sitting and you're meditating in a masculine way, it's about be as still as you can clear your mind and, and then, you know, try and reach higher through the crown to the higher consciousness. Well, feminine meditation is the exact opposite. Honestly, like when we're doing feminine meditation, we're moving, we're making sound, we're breathing in ways that are like maybe erratic sometimes, like not necessarily that calm in and out breath. Right. So really getting into the body. And once you can get into your body, I almost like to think of it as like, I, I always feel through the back of my shoulder blades. Other people I work with, um, they have doorways, different places. So it might be a heart doorway. I know people who have doorways in, in their gut, but kind of like once you're really in your body, you can start to send your energy out of your body. Right. And it's kind of hard to explain without seeing it, but like you have, you can open the doorway. Like I said, mine's in the back of my shoulder blades. And just start to sense beyond the body. And then that's that's that sixth sense realm. That's that mystical realm where intuition lives. Um, and women's intuition can come in multiple ways. You can see things that, you know, you'll, you'll hear about the clairs, clairvoyant, clairaudient. See, clairvoyant would be seeing vision. So once you've gotten in the body and you've opened your doorway and you've sent out your energetic feelers, so to speak, you might be able to see things. Um, you might be able to just know things. Like I just know, I just trust, I know this is right for me, or I know this is the right decision, or I know this is going to happen. Um, knowing this is going to happen is kind of like Oracle abilities. So kind of that, that few, that psychic stuff coming on. Um, some people hear things like they just hear it as um, a whisper or they hear it. Um, and that's how they receive their knowing. But again, we've got to get in the body first before we can open up into that sixth sense realm. And it takes practice to be in that sixth sense realm. You might only be able to be there for like a few seconds, a few minutes at first. And, and it's going to be, it's going to take time to expand your capacity. And when your capacity is bigger, those messages will come in clearer and probably more frequently. So you can absolutely get into this energetic state where you're asking for the messages. Some of us have really strong intuition that, or uh, I'm thinking how to say this. Yes. We have very strong intuition, but sometimes the messages will come whether we've opened to them or not. Um, and so you'll, you'll just get those intuitive hits. Um, but if you are getting those and you want more of them, you can absolutely do what I've been saying and, and open up to receive the intuitive messages. So some people are fine to be more closed off and just, it kind of feels just magical or um, the intuition just comes randomly and that's totally fine, but you can absolutely cultivate that as well and have it become something that you get quote unquote better at. Yeah. I like that. And I completely agree with that. Cause there are times where it's just like, I feel something in mm -hmm. my gut telling me that like a situation is like not good. And I have to like take a yeah. step back, um, in order to figure out exactly where that feeling is coming from. Yeah. Uh, but again, that comes with so much practice and like just mm -hmm. time dedicated to learning to like trust that like, inner voice. Yeah. And I love what you brought up because those, the intuitions that come through when we haven't been like opening our channel or cultivating, it's often those, Oh, 
don't walk down that alleyway or it's it's the fear not fear ones but it's the ones where it's like this is not a good situation but when you're opening and you're cultivating you'll you'll be able to get the this is a good situation of course like those fear ones or those danger ones are going to come through like our intuition's not going to let us get hurt or whatever right so if you know how to listen but those are the ones that tend to come through when you're not open or when you're haven't practiced but the good ones will come through even clearer when you are open and when you are practicing. Yeah, I definitely feel that same way that, you know, yeah. the danger ones will come no matter what, but then, right. you know, getting a better idea is of the good things is when I put the practice in, put a little exactly. more effort on that side, like a conscious effort. Exactly. <laughs> And I'm not always the best at that because I definitely go through ebbs and flows where I am practicing that and accepting that into my life. And then other times where I just don't do anything. Absolutely. And like, this is where we talk about cycles and things with, with the feminine, because there are periods of rest, right? We can look to nature for this. We can look to the female body for this. Like, like we can look to the moon, whatever cycles you like to, to, um, to practice or, or to observe. Right. So, but there's always a period of rest. Um, so if you're not feeling particularly spiritual or particularly wanting to practice, you might be in a fertile void or a fallow season or a rest season. And that's totally okay. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. Cause I, I just feel, you know, the world that we live in is always like, go, go, go and fast paced, mm -hmm. but also the witchcraft and spirituality community online when you're watching things on YouTube or you see the pretty pictures on Instagram it seems like everybody else is doing something every single day and that is a very overwhelming feeling to feel like you don't measure up to that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and that's like that's patriarchal society for you right rewarding the the masculine energy and like we didn't get into it a lot but a lot of that is toxic masculine too, because healthy, healed, whole masculine knows that there's rest times too, <laughs> um, right? So um, we live in a culture that rewards that, like you already mentioned. And so to step off of that, you know, I almost feel like we there's there's the right hand path, which is the masculine path. There's the left hand path, which is the feminine path, and we've been on this toxic masculine path for a long time or society has. Right. And so we almost have to just step off of both paths for a moment, almost like kind of rise above the paths and be observers of them and then make the choice of where we want to walk. Yeah. And I think in America, it's like a little bit worse than other. Oh, for sure. Don't. Um, we don't value vacation. We really don't like maternity leave. We don't give maternity leave like at all. So it's right. just, it's kind of a mess here. And it's, it's really interesting because we can, we can look at cultures like um, Italy or Spain, right? Italy is uh, La Dolce Vita. Like they savor it. Everything is slow. And then in Spain, they literally take siesta in the middle of every day. And they're like, I'm not available. <laughs> like I'll be back at four o'clock or whatever. Right. So there are so many cultures that have retained some of this cyclical um, feminine nature that have retained the the knowing the gnosis the knowledge that um that we're not supposed to be at our highest peak 
all day long, all week long, all month long, all year long, right? Like I said, we can look at every every iteration of time has its own cycle. Yeah, and I mean, we, in public schools at least, give kids like a summer break here. Mm-hmm. We at least recognize that, but then you get into the working world and they're like, just kidding, that's right. not here. There is no break, no break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember my first year after college where I like went to work and I was like working in July and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like, what <laughs> is this? <laughs> and I feel like our productivity, you know, really drops off in the summer anyway. So it's like, why, yeah. are, you know, summer Fridays are a thing now where you get out of the office early and everybody's so excited for their extra three hours a day. And right. I'm like, this is just, okay. this is a mess. <laughs> like, everyone's exhausted. Everyone's burnt out. Like there needs to be more, you know, mm-hmm. time off and recognizing the importance of that rest part of the cycle. We just don't right. like that here. <laughs> you know, and this is why I feel like part of my work in the world is to have help the individual come online. Like every individual student who works with me brings their feminine online, but what is unique or different about the feminine than the masculine is the masculine is very individualized. It's like, what's best for me. And the feminine is also there, there's an individual aspect to it because we have to, um, we have to be able to be full before we can radiate but the feminine is communal. It's always about how am I helping, healing, whatever myself for the benefit of the collective, for the benefit of the community. So it's like, if we get more feminine energy into leadership roles, right? Managers at companies, government, whatever, that's how we can see some of these collective shifts. Absolutely. And I like the timing of this episode as well, because uh, this is in September. So we are going into, you know, darker months where Mm -hmm. the holidays, holidays are more focused on feminine energy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a cycle of rest and crone energy. And that's my favorite time of year. So I'm very, I'm personally excited for that. Yeah. So fall is our, um, shadow season. And winter is our healing season, right? So in fall, um, we're working with those more womb spaces. We're working with the, the witchy energies. We're working with the dark goddess energies. We're working with seductress, which, um, is a, a darker energy. Not that it has to be, but it, it just gets into that womb space. Right. And then in winter, great energies to work with are your, um, your medicine woman, your high priestess and your crone, because those are going to be those integration energies. So it's, it's the review period and then the rest period, the shadow, and then the integration. I think that definitely says something about my personality that that's my two favorite times of year. Winter is my absolute favorite and then fall. And I am not a spring or summer person at all. Uh, That says a lot about me. Yeah. Well, your Scorpio sun is all about shadow. Oh yeah. All like my entire, you know, chart is heavily in the winter Mm -hmm. zodiac signs. I've got a lot of Scorpio, Sagittarius and Capricorn all over. Yeah. There you go. That's exactly it. (laughs) I love, I love that winter energy, but I think, you know, Samhain season is a great time too that is coming up that is like ideal for tapping into crone energy and feminine energy. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for the timing of this. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) 
Well, before we wrap up here, I just want to say that I appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you for sharing everything that you have. And I would like to ask if you have any advice that you would give to beginners that are sort of starting out on this path and maybe struggling a little bit with it. Yeah. So I think the first um, part of the cycle, again, because it's feminine, um, is rewilding. So it becomes about reflection at this point and deciding what do I want to continue to have in my life? What systems and structures do I want to continue to participate in? And which do I not want to? I think there's a lot of listeners like myself included. Sometimes we're like, I just want to run away to the woods and be a hermit and have nothing to do with society ever again. Right. <laughs> um, which, which for some of us is, is feasible, but for a lot of us is not right. So you kind of have to pick and choose it to which, to which degree you want to remove yourself. And so in that rewilding process, just start examining things. Like you brought up the school system. A lot of people I know um, are taking their kids out of public school. That for some of us is, is an option. For some of us, it's not, right? But even if you can't take your kid out of school, you could maybe look at alternative schools or charter schools or things like that, right? So that's an example of a system that's designed to not allow us to have a lot of flow in our lives, to not allow the feminine to come in. And we can take a look at that system and say, do I want to participate in this or not? And if I have to, or if I'm not able to step all the way out of it, to what degree or in what way do I want to participate in it? Um, And you can look at this at anything, right? The school system, the, the job system, the food system, the medical, like all of these parts of society. Um, So a lot of my students are like getting off of hormonal birth control, which is, you know, part of the medical system that they've been taught. Like, this is the only answer to not getting pregnant is hormonal birth control, where it's like, actually, there's many other options here. Um, So just deciding again, in what way does this serve me or not? Can I get rid of it entirely? If not, how do I want to interact with this system on my own terms? I think that is lovely beginner advice because there's nothing in what you said that is about taking action. It really, right. everything that you just said is a journaling exercise is to mm-hmm. really just sit down and get your thoughts out. Um, so I love that because a lot of beginner advice is like, get out there, do this. This is your first step. And your first step is like, just wait, stop. And let's just think about things. And and that is masculine, right? Masculine is penetrative. It's represented by like the phallic symbol because it's like penetrating. It's going out and doing right where feminine is the womb. It's receptive. So starting with reflection, starting with receptivity is the way to step onto the feminine path. Of course, like I said, in the very beginning, it's not about only 100% feminine because we'd never do anything. We just sit there and, (laughs) you know, be fed grapes, which is lovely, but since our current society doesn't work that way anymore. Right. So we need to be able to be receptive in certain times and penetrative in other times. And, um, but, but going straight to what can I do? How can I change it? Like that's all masculine. And that's what we've been you know, conditioned for and society has been conditioned for, for 
thousands of years. So we can reclaim this by starting with the reflective or the receptive. Yeah, I think that was a problem of mine before I started out really with witchcraft and spirituality was that I could not sit in silence or like be alone with my own thoughts. Like if I was home, um, I always had the TV on, like I wasn't watching anything. It's just like noise in the background because I just like couldn't be with my thoughts or like in the car, like there always had to be music playing. Even if I wasn't paying attention to it, it was just noise, filler noise, because Mm -hmm. I was so uncomfortable with just being by myself. And that was my favorite thing. I don't know the last time I turned the TV on. Same, exact same. Like I used to, if I was cleaning or anything, there had to be music on or whatever. Now I can't stand it. I'm like, no, I want, I want to do this with no noise. I want to just be. Um, so I think that that's a sign of like gifts developing and, um, energetic shift is when you are able to be with just yourself in the silence. Yeah. It can absolutely be uncomfortable at first. We're so (laughs) not to it. Uh, I used to, when I lived in my sorority house in college, my roommate and I had the TV on 24 hours a day. Literally, we would go to sleep and there would be like mean girls in the DVD player. Yeah. It just, just this cycle of noise. And like looking back at it, I'm like, wow, I cannot believe that we lived like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a way of kind of um, distracting from the self, distracting from the soul, distracting from the craft or whatever your practice is inside. Yeah, it's much nicer to get back to being comfortable with myself and appreciating my own inner thoughts. Yeah. Being able to actually work with those and understand what's going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, ignoring them. (laughs) For sure. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and everything that you were able to share. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. And listeners, again, I will have everything linked so you can find Marissa easily online. Check out her whole rooted world if you're interested. Um, That's going to be everything that I have for you this week, and I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.